everybody, welcome to the NC Real Estate Podcast. This is the place for you to come over and become a property investment master. My name is Natasha Collins and I am the host of this podcast and I'm so excited that you've come to join me today. I run NC Real Estate, which has its members club, a place for landlords and property investors to come and accelerate their financial success through property. It's awesome. So on today's podcast, well, what are we going to do? Well, I want to talk about some of the news headlines that have been going on in the property industry and have really caught my attention this week because I think it's things that we really need to have a look at. Then we're going to be looking at new and noteworthy for me because there is so much going on. And then I've got some key topics I want to discuss with you. The first thing is that I am moving house and the issues that have come up because of that. And I also want to talk to you about the pros and cons of Airbnb and how I find it and what you can do to get around similar problems. So to start off with, I want to go through some of the news headlines. To start off with, well, you've already seen it, haven't you? Interest rates have just gone up or the Bank of England base rate has just gone up to 0.75%. What does that mean? Well, on anybody who is on a variable rate or a tracker rate, probably your mortgage interest has just gone up, so your mortgage payments are going to be higher. For example, anybody who's got a £100,000 mortgage, it's going to go up by roughly £12 per month. Not a lot you say, and you could think, actually, I can swallow that pretty easily, but that's obviously going to have a knock-on effect for us when we come to our end of year accounting and as we are able to deduct less mortgage interest from our profits of our rental profits that is going to have some sort of implications for more tax that we pay of course this is frustrating and it's something that we're not in control of how can we be in control of how interest rates fluctuate and also the amount of tax we're paying it's one of these things where If your property is in your personal name and it's a residential property that you own, your hands are tied. I've written a blog about this this week because I'm really concerned that we start having a look at this and we start getting more tactical about how we're holding our properties and what we're doing about our um, tax relief and how we put in place a strategy for that because it is super, super important now. I think that they're going to look at interest rates again come March. So we've only got six months before it could go up again. This is huge for landlords, don't get stuck in a rut. And also if your mortgages are about to change in any way, they're coming to their end of their fixed term, you might want to be looking at fixing in for longer periods. There's some fantastic five year deals. So the blog that comes out on Thursday, I really want you to um, have a look at that and take in and absorb all of the goodness that I put in there because it's so important at this moment in time that we are really taking advantage of the good rates and making sure that we lock in but also that we know what our tax liabilities are going to be with these new changes so that we can accommodate accordingly and in the members club I've got this awesome tax changes package where you can go in there you can use the calculator and you can start setting out for yourself actually how much tax you're going to be paying it's phenomenal and it's something that I've put together as well so that I can have a look at the burden for myself luckily I don't actually have that many properties in my own name although I do have a few um I found that the properties that I do have if I can change them into service accommodation then I'm not going to be getting the tax but of course as I'll talk about later service accommodation comes 
with a few cons um, that need to be addressed before you can do that. So that's the first thing that we're looking at. The second thing that I found is really interesting is that recently there have been a lot of investors looking to Liverpool and probably about two years ago, Liverpool was a real hotspot for buy-to-let investment. It was the place where everybody was moving to and looking at because you can get some incredibly, incredibly cheap properties down up there. Um, and yes, you can get the yields. And around that time as well, there was a lot of student accommodation popping up. There was new developments. The Liverpool One Shopping Centre is phenomenal. For any of you who love shopping, go up there. I really, really, really recommend it. I enjoy shopping up there. I also enjoy going to the docks. I think the new build apartments that they've got beautiful. You can see the reason for investing up there. However, Channel 4 have just made the decision that they won't be making Liverpool the location of its HQ or two creative hubs. And the reason they've said this is actually bringing to the surface a problem that really has been bubbling for a while. And as investors, we need to take note of this. Um, and that's that there is connectivity issues up there. Transport links aren't that great. And although you can get up there from London in just over two hours, which is fantastic, you can't really get many other places from Liverpool. It can be very difficult to get there. Even if you're trying to go across to Manchester, that's tough. And if you're trying to get across to the East Coast, well, that's even tougher. You're going to have to drive, which is probably the quickest route, but there's no direct motorways. And that's the problem that Channel 4 have flagged and the reason that they wouldn't be moving there. Um, and the mayor of Liverpool, Joe Anderson, has highlighted that actually, do you know what, this is a problem that Liverpool really needs to be worried about and that the government should be worried about as well. Because as more and more big investors and big businesses who are looking to the north to put their firms and put their roots down are are having a look at these major cities, they're going, actually, Liverpool isn't the place for us. And then they will be moving places like Manchester, um, to a certain extent, Sheffield, uh, Leeds, those kind of places are better for them because they are better served by transport, but also because other businesses are moving there and they can create these really great hubs where they can support each other. So it's something that we need to be aware of as investors because someone as big as Channel 4 not going there will have that knock-on effect for other businesses saying, actually, do you know what? We agree with Channel 4. Why would we go up there when we can't have people coming in and out easily um, if we need to get people from around the world coming in, which Channel 4, again, is a global business, although you know predominantly in the UK, they do try and do things around the world and it's tough. How would they how would they get people into the area? So from that point of view, it is actually something that we need to be looking at. And again, if businesses will then start thinking, no, we're not going to be up here either. We're going to be moving out if they're local to the area or other big businesses that may be relocating from London go, Liverpool's not for us. You need to be aware of this and you need to think of the reasons why and perhaps change your investment strategy for a little bit or get on the back of government changes, really lobby the government and say, you know what, you need to be bringing transport here, even where's the closest airport, what airport can they fly in and out of? Again, some things that really need to be thinking about. And if you're one of these people who goes, no, I don't want transport links near me, it ruins the area, actually think about how much your investment value is going to 
drop because of it. So you need to be thinking tactically as well. There are a lot of people who will put up a fuss about the fact that they don't want these massive airports, they don't want these massive train stations or bus terminals in their area, but actually what are the implications of that? Instead, you have to be pro it, but look at look for things like efficiency or sustainability or what could be put in place to restrict any of the nuisance that that could be caused. Your main thing as a property investor is to be very involved with the local area and you need to be getting behind anything that can up your investment value and you need to be very much looking at that. Why do you think that the big players um, do back government schemes they put money into these things to be like actually do you know what we really want this in the area because it is going to make my investment value expand so you need to start looking at this too even if you think well Natasha do you know what I'm too small a player for this you're not trust me every voice counts so do be looking at ways in which you can improve your area and this doesn't just go for Liverpool but the fact that this has come out in the news this week has highlighted it it can be anywhere. If you think there's something that's really going to boost the area, why not get behind it? So the third thing I also want to highlight that's been in the news this week is the question, is the student investment market saturated? I've thought yes for a while, but new figures show that actually it probably has been. Um, investment in the private rental sector overtook student lets in the first half of the year 2018, which is huge. Um, there was £1.6 billion worth of investment in the private rental sector as opposed to £1.2 billion worth of investment in the student-led sector. Um, I mean, aside from that, still the biggest investment is in hotel, the hotel industry at £3.2 billion. But that aside, um, the fact that for the first time in a long time, the private rental sector investment has overtaken student rentals is a big thing. I do agree that student rentals are saturated. There are only so many students that can go through universities at a time. There is certain capacities. Yes, there are still some towns where students haven't got enough accommodation, but for the majority of places, Liverpool, Manchester, up in the north, there is far too much student accommodation. And often the prices of this student accommodation are really, really expensive. So to that extent, I think it's something that we need to be taking note of. The fact that actually big investors are now back investing in the private rental sector is massive. It really is a big thing that, yes, okay, there is money to be made in student lets if you're buying in the right place and you can fulfill a need. As with anything that we're doing, if there is a demand there, then of course you're going to let it out. But if there is no longer demand and you're not getting the tenants that you once were, then it is time to change your strategy. Which is why I've always been a bit skeptical about whether you should be investing in these student pods or student housing that is only designated for students because that really restricts your use. If you can't get a student in there, for example, what else are you going to do with it if the only use that you've got on that building is student lets? You can't then go out to the private rental sector and go, actually, I'll fill it with someone 
like a young professional. So you have to be mindful of this from where you're investing. And again, have a look at how much student rentals are being built in an area. Do you actually think that this is far too much for the level of tenants that are in the area? And who should your target market be? There's always going to be loads of young professionals around and families who are looking to rent in the private rental sector. You've just got to have that awareness of an area. You need to know what's going on and how you can fulfill demand. So that source was from JLL, which I, I read this week. I thought it was pretty interesting. These are all figures that we really need to be keeping up to date with. So that's in the news. Those are things that I've I found really interested. They've made me stand up and listen, and I think they should make you stand up and listen too. So let's have a look now at new and noteworthy. What announcements have I got going on? As you guys all know, I run NC Real Estate. It's my favorite place to be. I enjoy getting to know my clients and the members club. I love helping landlords and property investors with strategy and how I can improve the quality of their property portfolio so that they can make massive returns. So that's my main thing that I've got going on. As well as that, I run my own buy to let portfolio. And also I do some university lecturing. I was so proud over the last week to be awarding, awarded a teaching excellence award for innovation. That was amazing. I was voted that by my students and voted top university lecturer at my university, which is the University College of Estate Management. I got myself a little certificate, went to an awards lunch, um, got myself a buy a gift voucher as well, which is fantastic. I'm going to go out for unlimited sushi in a couple of weeks time with my partner. Um, and I was just overwhelmed by that because with teaching and with giving anybody any sort of information, I really do firmly believe that you've got to do it in a way that suits them. And every single semester, I will get a different cohort of students and they will require different things. Um, and I make sure that I tailor make my lectures so that they can get the most out of what I'm teaching them. And so I'm so pleased that I got awarded that. Um, and I'm looking forward to the new semester, which will start in September, and to see what my students uh, need, want then, and when lectures start, then I can have those interactions. So that's pretty exciting. Um, another thing that happened this month, which absolutely shocked me, like completely shocked me, um, was that my partner Chris proposed. So I'm now engaged, how amazing. I was not expecting it. Um, we were in New York for a weekend and I, that would have probably been the prime place to do it because we were um, we were in meetings for different projects that we're both working on. And I thought, well, okay, if we're, we're a weekend away in America, maybe it will happen then. Unfortunately, on the last night that we were there, I was so unwell. Like we went, to, went out for barbecue. I love barbecue, anybody that knows me. I absolutely adore barbecue. And unfortunately, I really couldn't keep it down. I was so unwell. Um, so apparently that was the night that he picked a propose, couldn't do that. So a couple of days later, when we were out with our dog, walking the dog, he popped the question then. So of course I said, yes, that's really exciting. Um, I can't wait to see what happens with that. But we're actually looking at moving at the moment um, to a bigger place. If those of you who know me, we live near central London in a one bedroom flat because um, at the time that we bought this place, we were both commuting in and out of central London. So we needed to be somewhere really close so that it wasn't taking us an hour, two hours to get in and out of London. How frustrating would that be? 
and um we've always been very lucky with where we lived actually the area is beautiful for those of you who know Putney this is where we are and it's absolutely gorgeous and we've got a dog over the last 18 months and it's been really nice having her here actually because we've got parks and we've got places that we can go and all of the local pubs are dog friendly and the restaurants dog friendly if I ever go out for brunch with her inevitably they will give her sausages and they'll bring out water and that's brilliant um but we're just outgrowing a one bed we really are so at the moment we're in the process of uh converting this into a buy to let mortgage and we'll rent it out of the next month but with that chris is not a property investor he's not he really isn't that interested and so me saying to him come on we're changing this to a buy to let mortgage we're renting it out is actually quite stressful for him i really do feel for him and we're in the process of digging everything out selling all the stuff that we don't actually use which there is so much of i can't believe that we had it all hidden around this one bed i seriously we pull out drawers and it's like another day's worth of work going through everything but slowly we're getting there and over the next month we're going to start redecorating even though it's only a four-year-old flat i think um i've had some of my property management friends over and they've said to me natasha okay you're going to take all the pictures off the wall and what have you and it's going to need redecorating uh, i've lived here for too long to see what needs doing so that's what we are doing at the moment i'm going to let you know how we get on with changing over the mortgages and what the strategy is once we've finished um, really we're looking to be moving by the second week of September so it's going to happen over the next month and I'll keep you updated with that because um, this is actually Chris's flat um, we when we bought it he we put it through on separate titles just because he needs something in his name I, I feel very strongly that you should have a property in your own name you need that asset and I've already got assets so it wasn't really a big thing for me um, so we're going through that process at the moment. I'm going to let you know what happens because I know that there's a lot of you out there as well who probably have been buying on your own. And the minute you get into a partnership with someone else, you've been together for a long time, you then go through that difficult process of bringing your assets together um, and how you figure that out. So I will let you know how we do that as time progresses. Right, final, final subject of today, Airbnb, the pros and cons. Okay, so for those of you who didn't know, I have got an Airbnb in Bath. I have just had my best month ever um, at an income of 3,600, just over 3,600 for the month, which was phenomenal, fantastic. My flat in Bath where I do the Airbnb is actually um, my main home. This is where, um, this is where, I bought it for me because I grew up in Bath and I love, love, love the area. So at the time when I bought it back in 2015, I really was looking for something for myself. Then um, Chris and I's relationship kind of got stronger and I came here and moved in with him in London. Um, and so at the time I thought, actually, you know what? I do still want to be able to go home when I want to be able to because I love it. I do love Bath, but anybody who's been there, it's gorgeous. So I've, I put it on airbnb and it's it's as nicely i get to go down there um as much as i want and then i have guests as much as i want so it's a very up to me situation and i do earn quite nicely from it um i think the pros are definitely that when it goes right it really does go right airbnb are very helpful nowadays they didn't used to be when i first started out but they've Im improved greatly their support and help center and i really do appreciate that 
And so if anything goes wrong or anything happens, you can get in contact with them. Um, it's just through the direct chat button on your Airbnb app, which is fantastic. I love it. I really appreciate it. Um, I've also found that using a lockbox system and being totally honest with anybody that's staying, that when you're down there, you are staying in my home. Um, and if I'm not there, then um, you're there on your own. I'm not there to let you in. So you have to use the lockbox and the key safe system that is provided. And then my cleaners have always been very good at going in and looking at things and thinking, okay, how, how can we improve on this? What else do we need to do when we're cleaning? And to be fair, I rate them. I rate them really highly. Um, and every time I go in and I have a look around, I might bring a new mirror, I might replace some of the bedding. Do you, you know what? Like, I go in there and I, I update things when I want to update things. I take my own stuff down. Like All my books are down there. I've got loads of stuff in there. It's just, it really is just my flat. You go in there, it's my flat. Um, and then when, when it's open for guests, then, you know, be my guest, but please don't mess me around. So on the whole, it works. It really does work. Very easy to run. Not a lot goes wrong because we I get maintenance down there. I just do whatever it takes to keep that flat running. Recently, however, it has been actually the bane of my life. I have found that people staying in the Airbnb still think that this is some kind of hotel and that they are entitled to take bed sheets, they're entitled to take towels, they're entitled to leave the property in a chaotic mess with stuff left all over the floor, sofas with marks on it. And in the three years that I've done this, that hadn't really been an issue up until this past month, month and a half. And I found that that's, that's really been a struggle for me because I want to make sure that everybody has the best experience possible um, and you can't always make that happen. For example, I do not offer parking with my flat. Yes, I have a residence parking, but I keep that for me so that when I'm down there, I can easily get in and out of the flat. If my family wants to go into Centre of Bath as well, I put it on their card. You know what? It's nice. It's a perk of having a flat in Central Bath. You get a Centre Bath permit. Um, and But I, what I do do for guests is I recommend places to park where you can park for 24 hours and the cost of that. But of course, you have to, if you're parking for 24 hours, you have to park in a long stay car park rather than a short stay car park. Um, and I do try and make that known, but I've had guests this week complaining that they accidentally parked in the short stay car park. Um, and would I refund the difference in the cost? Of course I wouldn't. But then they give you um, one star reviews for that. So you lose all of these ratings that you've built up. So I found that really frustrating. And same as I've had it where um, my cleaning team forgot to go one one day and of course the guests were so upset so so upset and that from the time that they arrived to the time that the cleaning team got there was 58 minutes the minute they called me I was right on the phone to the cleaners and said get there now and they were there within 58 minutes minutes and they'd clean the flat but and they bought the guests prosecco and chocolates and you know here you go here's a hamper for you to enjoy whilst staying here and the guests still weren't happy with that and I find that very hard to take as well because all I can ever do is my utmost but I make sure that people um know that that's not where I live if you well that's my home if I'm not there when you're you're if I'm not there you're staying basically so I'm not there to let you in I'm in London so there is nothing major that I can do. The other thing is, is that it is a 
Georgian townhouse, this grade two listed. So it's an old building. And the number of complaints I've been getting this summer about not having air conditioning in there. Well, for one, I don't know where the air conditioning would go. Um, and number two, I, it's so difficult getting planning permission because obviously we have to vent that out. Um, so it's not something that I've really considered because actually we only get this weather for what, a month max of the year. Um, and if you leave the windows open, the uh, breeze is like lovely. It comes through and it makes the flat feel really nice. I know that because I've been down there in the summer. Of course I have. Um, but nothing, sometimes nothing seems to be good enough for these guests who actually can't understand that they haven't paid for a hotel. I definitely don't price like a hotel's price. Um, I simply price it on a nightly basis of what I think is fair, which is why I do get a lot of people asking for certain nights and sometimes I can't accommodate because I'm there myself. And so what I've learned from all of this is that you have to be so honest on your description of what you're giving. So for example, if you know it's even going to be slightly noisy outside, if anybody's going to be walking past it, for my flat, yes, they are. It's, it's the centre of town. It really is central Bath. People are going to be there all the time walking up and down the street. I make sure that um, I tick the noise um, the noise checkbox on Airbnb. Um, I make sure that I list exactly what I've got in the flat. So for example, what we leave out and what we don't leave out. So there'll be milk there, there will be some tea bags, there'll be some coffee, there'll be a soap, and there will also be um, washing up liquid and new J cloths. That's what we provide. I don't provide much else because when I used to do it, um, I'd get complaints about the shampoo not being the right kind of shampoo or the conditioner not being good for someone's hair. So I stopped, just absolutely stopped. I just put the bare minimum in that people can get by with. Up the road, literally five doors up the road is a seven to 11 news agent. So just, I say to people, go in there if you need anything else. Oh, and I also provide two rolls of blue paper as well. If they're staying for longer, then of course they'll get four or six, depending on how long they're staying. Um, I make sure that we've got enough towels, enough bedding, and there's internet in there as well. I provide uh, on-demand services for the free view and the TV, DVD players, a Wii, a Nintendo Wii. So I provide all of that for them. And I make sure, again, that the description is completely accurate. And anything that they need to bring themselves, I tell them. Um, car parking, I've had to change that now and say that's at your own risk. You need to do your own research. Because, I'm again, I'm not down there to point out the difference between the long stay meter or the short stay meter. And I'm not going, I don't want to be getting bad reviews for that again. So again, I've been very straight and honest with them. That's that. That's what happens. And also, I've left out emergency contact numbers and where the Wi-Fi hub is. Because inevitably, that is the first thing I get the question about. Because the internet comes in through one of the bedrooms, the hub is in one of the bedrooms, um, and people often miss it. So I'm so explicit with that as well. I think the only way you can get by on Airbnb right now is to just be open, honest, and transparent. And if people do not adhere to that, you have to say something, you must say something. Communication is key with hosting an Airbnb. Um, 
and that's where you'll get the better reviews. You do not have to be there. You just have to make sure that the guests know what to expect, what they're coming into, how they can check in, how they can check out and set the ground rules. And if they go outside of that, actually get in contact with Airbnb and Airbnb will sort it out for you. I've seen that time and time again. So I wanted to be a bit more honest about how I find Airbnb. I do actually find it quite a struggle. For someone who loves, loves, loves really looking after people, making sure they've got the best, it really hurts my heart actually. (laughs) Um, It's not like managing a buy to let, it really isn't. I'm a property manager, I've been doing this for eight years, do it with commercial tenants, do it with residential tenants, you know, I've managed all sorts of tenants and I found my Airbnb to be the most difficult because I do, it's coming into my home and when you're telling me my home isn't that nice or something's wrong, I get really offended about it because it's my own personal space that um, people are, are, um, are criticizing, but actually it's okay, you know, 24 hours later and I'm perfectly fine about it. Tell myself, actually, Natasha, you know what? How many times have you been here? But I do suggest that no matter what you're doing to make the situation better, you need to have that honesty because that is going to be what gets you those awesome reviews and that's where you're going to get the money. And from that point of view, that is my biggest, biggest, biggest tip of advice when doing Airbnb. But I hope this honest, um, honest kind of, talk with you about how I find Airbnb will help you with your Airbnb and you don't have to provide them everything. You don't have to make it like a hotel because that's not what it is. But as long as you communicate what you are providing, you should be absolutely fine. And actually, you know what? It is in the long term, nice talking to people who come and visit and you do share stories because you know a lot what I love to travel too. And so being able to share that story is, uh, is phenomenal. Talking to them about where they're from, where I'm from, sharing recommendations, that's actually the highlight of it. And when you get to talk to people who have traveled the world as well, you do get such inspiration. I'm like, oh, I'm off around the world too. So there are some huge pros and cons with doing Airbnb, but I hope that's given you my side of the story. Um, I have put together a service accommodation package in the members club so that you can have all of my templates you can see exactly what I've done for my Airbnb and how I make the most money so if that's something that's interesting to you and you do want to be earning the two to three to four thousand pounds a month from your rental then definitely jump in there and take that package because it's something that I do have down to a T and when I want that extra money I know exactly how to do it I just wanted to share with you that maybe it's not as easy as some people make it look. You do have to be strong hearted and you have to make sure that you have that communication down to a T. So if you want more in depth information on how to do that, definitely check that out in the members club. So that brings us to the end of this podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you've taken loads of information about everything that's been going on. Um, Make sure that you like this podcast and you subscribe so that you get it every single week. It comes out on a Tuesday morning. Sometimes it looks a little bit earlier because I published it the night before um, so that it goes through all of the rigorous checks that all of the podcast providers do, but it'll be for your Tuesday morning commute. So make sure you're listening to it. And if you want any more information about me, then head on over to www.ncrealestate.co.uk where you can get access to all of the services of property investment that I provide. Thank you for listening and I cannot wait to catch up with you again next week.